Talking too loud. Not everyone died in the blast, Homer. Some of us were merely horribly mutated. <laughs> <gasps> You're mutants? Uh, we don't like the word mutants, Homer. We prefer freaks or monsters. We're creating a new perfect society in which the mistakes of the past will be eliminated. You know, you must die. Want me? Come and get me! Get up! Ah! Four finger discount, dude! Welcome to Four Finger Discount. This week, we are here to review Treehouse of Horror 8. I am Dando. I am Mitch. How are you, Dando? I am very, very good. I'm excited because I like. Uh, doing these Treehouse of Horror ones, they, I find them really fun because you don't have to take it as serious. They're just, you know, they're just a bit of a laugh, few references here and there, and generally we fill it with a lot of uh, filler, I guess you could call it, just what we do in our day-to-day lives, and I, I find these ones really enjoyable to do. I'm guessing, that's, to I'm guessing that's why you were confident enough to say, let's record on a Thursday when you normally get the episodes up on a Friday, because you thought that this should just flow nice and naturally. Yeah, I, I have no notes. Do you have any notes? I've never had notes. No, that's not true. We've posted photos of my of my chicken scratch notes. Uh, I have a novel here. Not a- I have a few, but the first thing I did was just sit down and write out things that have happened this week. <laughs> I was like, the episode can come later. Now, uh, the way we're going to do this episode is how we generally do the Treehouse of Horror. We're just talking off air before we started recording. We're going to you know, do the usual favorite moments, new names, or not new names, uh, trivia, things like that. Mm-hmm. And then we'll just do the run, run through and at the end, We'll talk about our day-to-day lives and just, you know, pad the episode out a bit because there's not as much to talk about the Treehouse of Horrors. You can't really delve into the themes and the, you know, the character development and things like that. They're just a bit of fun. So we're going to have the episode. And if you don't want to stick around for the extra stuff, you can just stop listening. But if you want to hear the extra stuff, and I can't see why you wouldn't, you can keep listening throughout the rest of the episode at the end. Near the mailbag. We'll do, we'll do ma- uh, filler and then mailbag. What do you reckon? Episode I filler reckon- mailbag? I reckon that was entirely an unnecessary explanation of how the show will work. <laughs> we'll do what we always do. <laughs> uh, so, Treehouse of Horror 8, it was just a fun 30 minutes. I actually found Easy Bake uh, Coven a lot more enjoyable than I used to. I, I, I always sort of... It's still the weak link. It is in this one, yeah. I wouldn't say I switched off when I was a kid, but I just never found it as fun. There was a lot more gags, particularly I really enjoyed Flanders' little jab at Maud in yeah. Easy Bake Coven. Yeah, that was pretty funny. Yeah, well, little yeah. things like that I picked up on that I never really picked up on as a kid. So it was I, I, I appreciated it more than what I did. Basically. I enjoyed how petty this uh, Skinner was. With I was just about to accuse her, like just trying <laughs> to be the one that was right about who's a witch. I, I'm assuming that's how a lot of uh, you know civilizations were back then when it came to witch hunts and things like that. But to me, it's still it's very much Springfield, isn't it? Yeah, you're right. Actually, the Salem. I don't know a lot about the Salem Witch Trials other than the fact that they were a thing that happened and a play got written. Um, but, yeah, like that whole accusations of witchcraft in general spoofed probably never better than by Monty Python. And if there's one thing that 
hurts this episode a little bit is oh sorry but that segment a little bit it's that it has never been done as well as it was done in the holy grail mm. how if she floats on water she weighs this sorry if she weighs the same as a duck she'll float on water and therefore she's a witch do you know it's probably been a good 10 years since i sat down and watched monty pythons we had to watch it for school i guess because it was a school thing i didn't really i know appreciate it. I wasn't really paying as much attention. I feel no. like their movies are going to have to go back and really enjoy because I hear so much about them, how great they are, but because it was a school assignment, I never really gave it two thoughts. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, they are. They're, they're fantastic. Like, you know, it goes without saying. And if you listen to almost any comedian ever, they, particularly comedians like Bob Odenkirk talks about them a lot, actually. Someone that grew up making sketch comedy, they will always reference the Pythons. And it's not very often you hear American comedians, you know, giving credit to UK comedians, is it? No, no. They're one of the few, I think, that cross, that, cross that, that's that a, divide. That's, a, that's just a blanket statement. I'm, I've, I've, I, I say that because I've never really heard many American comedians give credit to... Um, Ricky Gervais gets a lot of uh, credit, but it's just not something you hear very often. It could be completely wrong. Just for me, my personal experience, I haven't heard many American comedians give credit to I, UK comedians. I don't... Well, you say Ricky Gervais, he gets a lot of fame and he gets a lot of opportunities, but I've never heard an American comedian say that they grew up watching Ricky. And well, not, that, not grew up watching, but they, they say that he's funny, though. Like he does, he, Him hosting yeah. award shows is amazing. Yeah, yeah, there's that. But there's the difference between saying, yeah, I find him funny and he influenced me and he inspired me to start my career. Like that is something that the the Pythons get that sort of reverence from a lot of people. And yeah, I, I I haven't heard too many American comedians reference other, like anyone else from any other country actually in that way. They kind of look more towards, particularly this generation or the last generation, it was Richard Pryor and Eddie Murphy and uh, George Carlin and those guys. What about a bit of Benny Hill? He gets a bit of credit. No, he just gets parodied. That's not the same yeah, as credit. I guess so, no, yeah. No one has ever grown up looking at Benny Hill going, yep, that's who I want to emulate and become. That's true. That is true. But uh, getting back to the Treehouse of Horror anyway. So, obviously, safe to say, Omega Man's the, the best one. Fly versus Fly is still strong, but it, it, it sort of it gets weaker as the episode goes on. Not saying Fly versus Fly isn't good, but just it kicks off with the best by far. And that's just my opinion anyway. Mm. It does... Uh, but they both do really good jobs of being relatively solid movie parodies. Yeah, which is so, good. and I guess you don't really have two movie parodies in a row, usually in a Treehouse of Horror when you think about it, do you? Not, not often, no. Normally there'd be, yeah, normally like there's there's always at least one or or there might be one that's a bit more referential but not as direct. Um, yeah, whereas both of these... Both of these uh, hang pretty closely to the movies that they're playing off with with enough twists, obviously, and um, they, they change a few things up, but they are fairly fairly um, tight. Yeah, just fairly tight spoofs of those two, uh, of obviously the Omega Man and the Fly. I've seen the Fly, but I've never seen the Omega Man. So is it so the parody is a good parody? Like, is enough in there for fans of the film to appreciate this? Or? Yeah, well, have you seen I Am Legend? So it's very similar to that, is it? Yeah, I Am Legend was... a as effectively a remake of okay. the Omega Man. So I Am Legend, I think, was the original title of the short story that the Omega Man was based on. So they're, they're both, you know, last man, certainly thinks he's the last man on Earth um, trying to work on a vaccine to help, well, help slash cure this infection. 
Now with the um with the opening intro of the uh of the guy the the fox sensor right? But yes, I was gonna say, are we doing trivia first or? No, no, no I'm not. We're not going to. I'm. I'm just. Okay. I've got a, a point here. So, this this here basically was sort of like, it was like a real turning point for the show in the sense not the quality wise. I'm not talking about that, but still at this point, it's 1997, October 97. The Simpsons are still considered somewhat controversial. That's why this whole scene exists because Fox were like, you can't do this, you can't do that. It's too violent mm-hmm. for TV. Just you know, a couple of months prior to this is when South Park premiered. Now. Once a year, the Simpsons could be this outrageous and violent and, you know, have all this crazy shit going down. South Park did it every week. So, this was the last time the Simpsons, as a treehouse of horror, I guess, were still able to be considered edgy. Because mm-hmm. South Park just completely took that, st- stole that thunder from the Simpsons. The Simpsons were no longer edgy once South Park came out. Do you agree? It's hard to disagree with that. Um that might have South Park might have pushed them to go into darker areas as they went on, but yeah, like they they definitely South Park took all of that public noise and public debate about was this right for children and should it even be on TV and all that sort of stuff. Yeah, and yeah, it does make The Simpsons seem relatively tame by comparison. I mean, South Park makes pretty much everything seem relatively exactly, tame. Yeah, exactly. But I remember see. This was a strange time as as a, as a viewer. I remember when South Park first came out, The Simpsons no longer seemed cool anymore. You know what I mean? I feel mm. like this is when a lot of my friends stopped watching The Simpsons. It's not a lot of people say they stopped watching The Simpsons because the quality got good. I think a lot of kids stopped watching because all of a sudden there was this other cool show that all the other kids were watching. That would have definitely been an element to it. Uh, I think I've said in the past that part of it was also simply age. I grew up on The Simpsons, but after eight or nine years of watching them, I was also just ready to find other things to watch. Like you, you start to enter your teens and that phase of adolescence. You were, and you you were still to... not, you were only nine when this came out though. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I was ready to broaden my horizons. <laughs> I still think though that, because people just say they stopped watching because they got, they got shit. Yes, the, the episodes aren't as good as they once were, mm. but there were so many more elements to it, like you said, that, Play into people stop watching the show. I would strongly dispute anyone who is my age that says they stop watching them because they got shit. Because as a kid, you're, you're not, not paying that, attention to the quality. Yeah, you're not that critical. <laughs> um, may like it, unless you're in the absolute minority. But for the most part, it's just the, you're trying to retrofit the opinion that you have now to when you were a kid. And then what happened was two or so years later, Family Guy came along. And Family Guy, what that did was sort of took the less risque elements of South Park and tried to sort of make it look a bit more like The Simpsons. And I think that's where they sort of... they That's where they built their success from. From They weren't necessarily an original show by any means, Family Guy, but they took elements of both shows. That were, you can say The Simpsons and South Park were the two biggest animation shows at that point still in 99. You'd have to you agree. Can, well, not. you say that they're still the biggest in history. Yes, yeah. But at that point, people were still watching them religiously. And... What Family Guy did was, right, we'll take elements of that and elements of that and combine it together. The problem was that after three or four seasons of that, you're like, well, you got nothing else. Mm. So that's why Family Guy just dropped off. It doesn't have the same legacy that South Park and The Simpsons do. But yeah, I just, I just thought it was interesting that it started off with this intro because the Fox censors were like, you can't do this, you can't do that. And I thought, oh, yeah, it's, it's weird. 97, The Simpsons were still an edgy show, I guess. Mm. You know, it's another interesting thing. Like, I, While I don't think the drop-off in South Park just on the subject of you bringing them up. I don't yep. think the drop-off 
uh, is as severe into the... Like, they were still making really great content well into their mid-teen seasons. But they've been... What are they up to? Are they up to season 20, maybe? Season 22 just finished last year. Yeah, okay. So, 22 seasons themselves. And you could equally mount the case that they have gone beyond their prime. That the episodes are not as good as they were in their golden run. Which well, is, I, I had no idea it was still going. You know, like I, I, yeah. just, I stopped and, watching after about season 12. Yeah, and I think that, again, is the reason that I've dropped off from South Park isn't because I noticed South Park getting any worse. It's just that you do, you move on from things and you can't, it's very rare that anyone's going to keep watching the same show for 22 years. Like You, you just outgrow, you don't outgrow it. Yeah, like you just said, there's no, you out, just, something else, something that's piqued yeah. your interest. Yeah, one, one day you just think, ah, oh, no, I don't really care if I'm not home for it tonight. And then that rolls into two weeks and three weeks. And then suddenly you look back and go, shit, I haven't watched the show for three years. Yeah. That's kind of like how I am for pro wrestling now. I've just, I mm. haven't watched wrestling for a good three months. Yeah. And it doesn't bother me. <laughs> so there we go. Um, this is why you shouldn't have done a, this is how the show is going to work off the top, by the way, because n- none of what you said has worked. <laughs> <laughs> We've spent five minutes waxing lyrical about why people stop watching TV. But it's still tied into The Simpsons here, though. It was, I tied it back into the intro because it just the, the the fact that the way this episode starts reminded me of okay. oh yeah, the back in, there, well, there once was a time where The Simpsons was still a show that parents complained about. Yeah, you know? we've been talking for about fifteen minutes and we haven't actually discussed a second of it yet. I'll be a little bit, bits and pieces, bits and pieces. Tiny what, 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 what did you like about the episode? I really liked the um the the way it looked, the colours, particularly the sky. Like in the Omega Man, the way mm. it was all pinky and whatnot, um, and then it turned green after the bomb. And I think in Easy Bait Coven, the way it was all dark and whatnot at the, at the start really made Marge's green skin pop when she became a witch. Yeah. Uh, I liked that the three stories just had very clearly delineated um, styles, like... Yeah, maybe Fly vs. Fly and Omega Man are a little bit sci-fi, but it felt more like you had post-apocalypse monsters versus um, modern sci-fi monsters versus old-school um, horror movie with the yeah. with you know witches set in pagan era. Um, so that was that was one thing that I really liked. I, I, that they just uh, they took on three different. Three different moods, three different looks, and they executed them all very well. It certainly helps when you have three different people writing them, though, as well. So you got each mm. segment's written by a different person. I wonder yeah. how Trials of Horror would go if it was all written by the same person, whether they'd be able to... It'd be a challenge, wouldn't it, to try and write three different stories? It would be. I think it'd be a sort of thing where you would have had to have jotted down ideas over a period of time. Yeah. And then you you pull out the drawer, like pull out your notebook from the, the drawer and go, all right, what movie parodies have we not done yet that I thought of? And in saying that, though, that I'm just thinking now. You said that they're all very different in, in their own ways. Also, there's still a um, it's like the, the theme. I remember I was thinking this when I was watching it. There's like a recurring theme of like isolation throughout all three. So you got Homer's isolated from everybody when he, you know, when the world's over, when everyone's spring figure gets blown up. You got Bart. He's sort of like isolated when he's a fly. He can't get through to Marge and Homer. He's isolated from the world once he becomes that. He's fly. isolated from his own body. Yeah, and then in the last one, Marge is isolated from society. Uh, yeah. Go you. Look, at someone's <laughs> been doing their English essays. <laughs> anyway. So, yeah. um, Mr. Gene, 
Tell me a little bit about what sort of comment you were trying to make on uh, Mr. Scully, Mr. Scully, please. Mr. Scully. Mr. Scully, tell me what sort of comment you were trying to make on the isolation of the soul within uh, the modern fast-paced world as technology takes over with Treehouse of Horror 8. Uh, what? <laughs> what the hell are you talking about? I was just, just trying to make some jokes about science. What is a grown man doing watching a children's cartoon show? Yeah. <laughs> But anyway, favorite favorite moment from the episode. What was yours? Uh, I had a couple actually that were competing mm-hmm. for. Um, I think, I think it's hard to go past Aquaman marrying a woman without gills. It's it's the epitome of geek, isn't it? It's great. Yeah, you're from two different worlds. <laughs> we, I had, oh, I hear I've this kind of, wasted my life. <laughs> I hear this kind of discussion every day at work. Like yeah. today, today we were having a discussion as opposed as whether or not. We should be putting a certain sticker on a product because customers want a, a... There's a pop that's coming out right. And in America, it's got a certain sticker on it, right? But when they send them to us to distribute, it had no sticker on it. So people are complaining that they're not getting their sticker. So we're like, do we designate three of our workers for a full day to sit there and sticker these pops? Like that, That's, that's a, a, a big deal. Just pettiness. What is the sticker, pray tell? It is a Funko Specialty Series sticker. <laughs> Oh, dear. <laughs> it says specialty series on it. And it's not worth money if it doesn't have the specialty series sticker on it. Not even, like one of the, not even like one of those stickers where if you rub it, it changes color or something. Or scratch and sniff or something. No, yeah. it just says specialty series. God. $19 product, people. $19 product. Calm down. <laughs> That's super nerdy. Oh man, but this is what I have to deal with every day. It, I, it's good though. But um, yes, um, that, that's a that's a very iconic moment. What was your other one? Uh, I had two other ones. I, I really enjoyed the spider shaking his arms at Bart. <laughs> Shake <laughs> harder, boy. <laughs> yeah, it was just it just looked very funny, and it's 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 great. Like, the spider doesn't actually have to say anything, does it? <laughs> no. Yeah, it's just it's just really well animated. And uh, Homer naked in church. Oh, it's amazing. And do you know he was originally supposed to be dancing on the table? Oh really? Okay. And I made him take it out, yeah, and dance on the front row. Yeah. Yeah. I think it works better where it is. Yeah, I'd say so too. Yeah. My favorite moment is just how Kent Brockman does this news report on a hippo and Homer's response is stupid hippo. Mm. And then <laughs> talks about how the French are retaliating because of the frog comment, stupid frogs. And then you hear Quimby, I stand by my ethnic slur. <laughs> 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 you you savages, bring it on or whatever. <laughs> I was like in tears of laughter. Just so, bring it. Uh, what is it? Bring it on, you you savages or something. Oh fuck, that was funny. <laughs> I I like the callback to that hippo that we get in that episode where he yes. gets promoted to detective. Yep. <laughs> it's really good. Little subtle things like that that make the, this era of The Simpsons just great. And I'm assuming they still do this kind of stuff now. It's just I'm not paying as much attention, I guess. Yeah. The thing is, you watch the new Simpsons, right? And it's it's almost too much happening. Like when when I was there on our honeymoon. The, uh, Rob was telling me, that the animator, he was telling me that they try and fit as much happening as possible. They try and take full advantage of the, of the widescreen. Mm. But the thing is, when that's happening, you can't keep track of all the, the gags. Yeah. Because it's just, there's just too much. It could be like a uh, Zucker Brothers movie. You're like watching Flying High or something like that. You've got to say it 20 or 30 times to pick up on everything. Yeah, you've got to watch one third of the screen each time. Yeah. Just focus on that one third. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, that was my favorite moment. So I think it's now time for... Next question. You there, eating the paste. What do you got for me, Mitch? Uh, I have... What have I got? I've got one question from each segment. What technology brand was powering the nuclear bomb? Intel Inside. Yes, correct. Is that still a thing, Intel Inside? 
I don't know. I don't see that logo anymore. Intel is still around. Is that the one you used to go, do, 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 do? Oh, it's, it's, that's the West Wing. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's what the, um, what the commercial tune was. Do, 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 do. Okay. Anyway, uh, my first question is, what was this episode rated? Uh, TV666. Yes, correct. Uh, what sculpture did Lisa find at the garage sale? Ah, I've got it in my notes. I don't know, but it's an optical illusion. Yeah. Yeah. It's the impossible trident. Mm. It's, and I had never, did not even pick up on that until I was reading through the notes and I was like, oh shit. No. It actually, it's impossible. That could not exist in real life. <laughs> um, but, you, but the thing is though, because they focus on it, you know it must be something. Mm. They wouldn't have her pick it up and look at it like that if it wasn't a gag of some kind. If, if it wasn't an actual reference, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, my next question is, what is the name of Frink's scrubbing robot? Oh, no, I missed that. Floyd. Good. Nice try, uh, Floyd. So it was hiding in plain sight. It was too simple of a name. Uh, my final question is, who was Homer dressed as for Halloween? I've got Princess Cashmere. Is that right? No, I don't think so. Or I Dream of Genie? Yeah, that yeah, I had it's, it. It's one of the two, yeah. It's, it, yeah, I, I think it would be much more likely to be Genie than Princess Cashmere because the idea for Halloween is you dress as a celebrity or a movie character, yeah. not the stripper that you got in trouble with. <laughs> <laughs> but Marge is gone now, though. He's allowed to. Yeah, I still think it's in poor taste. <laughs> yes. And my final question is, what is... Springer Fielder's motto. Who? S- how do you Springer Fielder? Like the it's it's what Springfield's called in Easy Bake Coven. Oh, like the old Springfield. Yeah, yeah. Certainly wouldn't be pronounced that way. Um. Ah. <laughs> uh, no, I can picture it like it's on the tip of my eyes, but I can't remember it. Uh, first toil, then the grave. Ah, that's right. Alrighty. Now we don't have any new names this week because we don't feel it's. We, we feel it's not, not in poor taste, but it's not right to sort of try and rename the Trias of Horror ones. So, Mitch asked for some jokes in the Four Finger Discount exclusive Patreon group this week, and we're going to get to some of those jokes at the end. But, Mitch, what we can do right now is give him a teaser. Give us one, give us one joke that tickled your fancy. Sure. You think that there's more than one. That's... Um, <laughs> that's... Oh, no. <laughs> no, well, there's a lot that were unreadable. Um, in, as in, like, not suitable or... Yeah, like possibly inappropriate. Or ones like Claire Dyer, what's brown and sticky, a stick. Now, every time you ask for, uh, tell us a joke, that joke gets thrown in there. And anyway, that's fine. When you said that, my first thought was Elliot's nappy. Uh, okay, here's one that I, geez, here's one that I liked uh, from Lewis Kavanagh, even though it's a slightly dated reference now. Mm. I went into a video store the other day and asked if I could rent Batman Forever. He said, no, you need to return it on Monday. I like that one. That's good. Yeah. <laughs> I've never actually heard that. <laughs> Neither had I. <laughs> oh, that is dated because it's, it's sad. We're driving down uh, Shannon Avenue for all you locals listening right now. And um, the final video store's closed, like we mentioned. It's just sad. Mm. It's just, it, it, I don't know. It's like a small piece of our childhood is gone. Don't you reckon? It is... But I'll also get over it pretty quickly. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I've never, I never ever intended to use it again. But yeah. like, it's like, it's like you said, an old family relative that you don't see very often. But when they pass away, it's like, ah, oh. you know, it's kind of sad. They're not gonna, I'm not, I can't go see them anymore. Yeah. Outside of that, there's there was a couple Cardinal Pell jokes coming through that I thought might have been in poor taste, and uh, uh, yeah, let's one, to that. <laughs> one or two others that were just pushing the envelope, <laughs> and I was okay. like, like I might giggle at that. 
but I might not necessarily want to put my voice to it for thousands of people listening to this week. <laughs> Alrighty, so let's get into the full review anyway. So it's Trias of Horror 8 was originally aired on October 26, 1997. I like that still back in those days, they still tried to air it close to Halloween. I think mm. now they usually try and they, they usually air during September. Not quite the same, if you ask me. Cause like, like, I think you wrote it in our book, Homer's Odyssey, that one of the cool things about Halloween time was when they would play all the Trias of Horror episodes, including the new one in Australia. Yeah, well, like that's just one of those cool things tradition. that it's how I re- it's how I remember it. I don't know if it was a hundred percent true. It's just it made for good reading. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Who gives a shit if it was real? It's not like I was, you know, calling someone out for for being a communist. Like I didn't need to fact check. It was just yeah. the way I remembered my life. Get off my back. <laughs> A very short intro. Um, the couch gag is that the Simpsons are sitting on the couch and it's sort of like the uh, No Disgrace Like Home where they're all getting shocked, except this is like an electric chair. Yeah. Now, the episode kicks off with the first segment, like we said, the Home Mega Man. Mitch, I'll let you kick off the proceedings. How does this one go? It starts with the hippo story that we were talking about. And it is a good cold. Like, and that's how a heroic hippo became a deputy. <laughs> like, and yeah. Stupid hippo. <laughs> Stupid hippo. <laughs> What did that hippo do to Homer? But that's a tall poppy syndrome. Very Australian. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's very true. This just in, tensions continue to mount between Springfield and France over Mayor Quimby's now famous frog's legs joke. The French president has threatened swift and massive retaliation if he doesn't receive an immediate apology. Stupid frog. We now go live to City Hall for Mayor Quimby's response. I stand by my ethnic slur. Do your worst, you filthy, pretentious savages! Um, we find out that, like, Homer's not too afraid because he's built a bomb shelter, and that we get the that yeah. like that's not going to protect Cardboard anyone. Box. Well, don't use it then. I won't. Good. I'm glad. It reminded me of my dad and my sister. Have to get the last word. It used to drive me insane. I'm like, yeah, you right. both just shut up. <laughs> and it got to the point where my sister would just make sounds. Go, hmm. They'd ha- they'd have to get the last word. Was your <laughs> sister ever like that? Uh, I don't th- I don't know Maybe But not that I remember It was more that she had to get in the last slam of the door Last slam of the door? Wow So what you, your dad Yeah like you, my sister wouldn't no, no 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 If my sister and I were in an argument She would just slam a door So she, she'd wait for you to slam And then slam hers? <laughs> you both just have a, a no. standoff Who's going to slam I'm, first? No, I, 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 okay. This is, this is. You've taken me too literally. <laughs> what I, what I mean is, she wouldn't argue. She would just go to a room and slam the door, and that would be that. So there was no last words to be had. That's because she knew she was going to lose the debate, right? Hands down, I'm un, undefeated when it comes to family <laughs> arguments. When the when one person leaves, you win. <laughs> yeah, exactly right. They forfeit. Yes, exactly. Homer then. Well, yeah, but before you say that, so it reminded you of your family bickering. It reminded me of any time I've ever tried to build something. Oh. <laughs> and Ash is just like, that's not a doghouse. I also put an American flag on everything. Uh, Homer then goes to buy a bomb shelter. I like that they got Herman in here. Yeah, it was nice to get Herman back, actually. And it makes sense. Like, who else would be selling bomb shelters? Mm, yeah, exactly. Not only selling them, having a sale on them. Yes, because, you know, it's... This is, when you've got bomb shelters, how often are you going to be selling one? I mean, realistically, where, where right now, if I wanted to go buy a bomb shelter, where would I buy one? Where would I source Syria? a bomb shelter? <laughs> realistically, do they sell bomb um, shelters in Australia? Because we're so far away from everything. Would a bomb ever fucking hit us? Like, I was going to say, maybe, bother? 
in the in the um in the WA where they did the nuclear testing back in the fifties. Mm, yeah, yeah. Well, they're much closer, but here I swear, a could a bomb reach Geelong, and b would they bother wasting a bomb on Geelong? Yeah, probably more the fact that you wouldn't waste it. Hmm. Like, yeah, I don't know what you're gonna knock out the Christmas tree. Blankets, radio. Oh, a Gary Larson calendar. I don't get it. 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 Now, I've honestly never read a Gary Larson. I'm assuming the gag oh. here is that sometimes... If, if you've never read a Far Side character, uh, a Far Side comic, you are doing yourself a disservice. Really? Yeah. Okay. Th- For what but, reason? Oh, it's because they're just brilliant. I really, really love the Far Side. Uh, but let's, let me try to find an example. Um, okay. Well, is it one of those things where you got to really, it's sort of there's this double meanings to things and whatnot. You got to sort of think about it. It doesn't just tell you the joke. Uh, You've got to find the joke. Yeah. To an extent. Which is why so I, had get a, it. I had a Gary Larson calendar and it was the Midvale school for the gifted. So like it's a, you know, exterior shot of a building, Midvale school for the gifted. And there's a kid leaning against a door trying to get in, but the door is labeled pull. <laughs> so, you know, that's all. It's yeah. just like, just silly. So there's one here of an old lady. Um, there's a gigantic eyeball looking through her window and she's saying, hello, Emily, this is Gladys Murphy up the street. Fine, thanks. Say, could you go to your window and describe what's in my front yard? So because she can see it, but it's too big for her to see it all. Or there's this one, Big Bob's, <laughs> Big Bob's Ball Bearings, Bananas, Roller Skates and Floor Wax Incorporated. And it's just an office with like, it's got one woman falling down some steps, tripping on roller skates. It's got a guy up the top who's fallen over and he's thrown papers everywhere. There's another guy who's slipped over on a banana peel and he's dropping a, a box of fruit. Another man just on the floor with his tire skew. And then in the front right corner, there's one guy holding a, uh, a serving tray with three cups of coffee and a look on his face of just like, easy, <laughs> easy. I don't get it. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so I have to check it out. So Far Side Comics, right? That's what his yeah. stuff's called? Yeah, okay. I know we retired. But uh, yeah, so then the French retaliate because the ethnic slur comment before, he stands by it. So it calls them frogs. Um, then that, I don't know, nice little... <laughs> it's mean, but it's also funny that laughing like a frog. But what's best about this whole scene is the <laughs> sound as if, instead of saying go. <laughs> yeah. What the hell was that? Calling home planet. This is Ensign Kang reporting a cigar-shaped object moving at tremendous speed. Sure, Kang. I'm writing it all down. Now, this scene almost got deleted. Oh. So, Kang and Curtis have appeared in every treehouse of horror. Mm. But obviously, at this point in time, that wasn't on the minds of the people writing the show. But I think it was David X. Cohen had to fight, or one of them had to fight to keep it in because they thought it was just filler that was taking up taking up time but that, um someone fought for it and they kept it in and it kept the tradition going um of Kane Kodos appearing in every treehouse of horror i think there came a point where they must have just gone hey they've been in every one of them let's try and make sure they appear in every one of them but at this point it was just they almost they almost missed out but thankfully they stayed in to keep the, mm. the tradition going i guess you could also say that it doesn't really add much to the episode oh it doesn't but it does feel like a spliced in thing just to have them in the episode doesn't it a little bit but like you know it's a joke. They're still they're going for something. The fact that normally it would obviously be humans saying I've seen aliens and being caught out for being crazy. The fact that even aliens don't believe that other objects might be flying in the sky. Like that's funny enough. 
And it's the first time we, we get a reference to their home planet, I think, where we actually see aliens. Uh, like other aliens of their species. Yeah, yeah, I think that's right. It's like Planet Hulk. But Aquaman, you cannot marry a woman without gills. You're from two different worlds. Oh, I've wasted my life. I think there comes a point in everyone's life where this quote is relevant. <laughs> where yes. you've done something and you've gone, yep, I've wasted my life. <laughs> I could have done so much more. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I think this every time I'm sitting there loading pop vinyls. <laughs> I would have, yeah, that, that um, surely editing all of my ums and ahs <laughs> would be right up there. No, we've, we've improved a lot now. We used to say a lot of ums and a lot of ahs. You were the ums, I was the ahs. Mm-hmm. We were a good team. In that regard, but we've learned to stop the ums. We and had stop all, the R's. yeah, we had all of the the different types of stutters and stammers covered between <laughs> the two of us. <laughs> Man, I wonder how many. If you just played them all back to back to back, how long it would have gone for? Oh, there was there was a time where I would say uh, before everything, idiot. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, the yeah, the, the so the bombs hit. Homer leaves the shelter, uh, oblivious to what's actually gone down. Everyone's dead. Judge, judging the food. Call yes. that prime rib. I liked that he puts it in Herman's other arm and then that falls off. Oh, uh, yeah. I didn't even think about that, actually. Yeah. yeah. Old armless Herman. <laughs> then he drives. He still hasn't figured it out. What's for the death? You know. But before yeah. that, though, punching Kirk. Busts Kirk's it, like his head into s- dust. Still got it. Still got it. <laughs> <laughs> What's for um, the death? Homer realizes everyone's dead. This this could also be my favorite moment. The sound effects of Marge missing. Everyone's gone. <laughs> Little Bart. Little Lisa. <laughs> Little Marge. And the rest. I really enjoy Homer in the what so he realizes he's alone and he can do whatever he wants. Goes to the movies. I really like Homer trying to dissect the... Tommy Boy, is it? Pardon? Oh, yeah. I don't even think about what movie it would be, to be perfectly honest. David Spade and Chris Farley. So it's going to be Tommy Boy, right? Well, yeah, but they were also on Saturday Night Live together a lot. So it doesn't necessarily have to be a specific movie. But who knows? But just the, oh, Spade, why did you put Farley in charge of the bees? (laughs) (laughs) Younger viewers have no idea who Chris Farley is, would they? Uh, younger viewers, no, they absolutely would not. He Chris would have Farley, passed away very close to this airing. I'm going to look that up actually. So this is October '97. Chris Farley was it '98? He passed away. Honestly, Farley don't death. know. He passed away December '97. So wow. So this aired wow. two months before his death. Yeah. Okay. Eerie. I wonder, I wonder if they took that out in um in syndication not lo- not long after his. No, death. I doubt it. You reckon? It's not like people. No, because he, not he wouldn't have cared, would he? No, it wasn't making fun of Farley. No, of course not. It was maybe making fun of the style of comedy that those guys went with, but they're well and truly aware of what they were doing. Homer um, Homer here, where he realizes he's the last one alive and he can do whatever he wants. To me, it had the same kind of vibe as um, Homer the Heretic, where he's at home and he can do whatever he wants, you know, make the oh, butter, yeah. the moon waffles, yep. and get the dog to lick the stuff off I his wear chest. I short shorts. Like that. Yeah, yep. that kind of thing. Yeah, it's got yep. that kind of vibe to it. Yeah. Um, then we get naked in church. Now, you're right. Every time you hear war, what is it good for? Do you answer back, okay? <laughs> uh, no, I don't. I can't help but do it, just because of this moment. Hmm. 
Absolutely uh, nothing. Say it again. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I honestly didn't even hear that because I was too busy imagining what must have been happening with Homer's penis because he was just so thrusty and uh, and I don't use this in the sexual term, but erect, like he was really standing upright and just had shoulders back, hips forward. Like, it was still and, like the, not squats, what's it, lunges? Lunges and kind of like walking man instead of running man, but it would have been flopping around all over the place. <laughs> and it would have felt great. Imagine. I feel like the, the exhilaration of being naked in public would be incredible, mm. but would I ever dare do it now that I'm a daddy? Um, well, surely after a nuclear blast, yes. Oh, yeah, if I'm the last one alive, I'm going for it. I mean, why yeah. would you ever wear clothes ever again? Unless, it, unless it's too cold. Unless it's cold, yeah. Yeah. But even then, shrinkage, who cares if no one can see it? No, but like you'll get sick. Genuinely cold, yes. Yeah, yeah, like genuinely <laughs> cold bodies. Uh, mutants arrive. They're called mutants, right? We're going to call them mutants? Yeah, let's go with that. Yep. Silence. You're speaking too loud. Nice little play in that gag. I, I, you see that word said too often in movies, and it's just, I don't know, no one would ever actually say that. Silence. Yeah. yeah. Skinner then says he's there, you know, they want to create the perfect society, and that means they're going to kill Homer. But Homer's badass in this scene, I reckon. He stands up to him, but come and get me. Get him! Oh. <laughs> but <laughs> but the, the, I will say, though, a coffin! That is yeah. great. That is yeah, so great. <laughs> but then... Um, now, which, who's which, the band that he runs over? Oh, um, oh, it is on the Wikipedia page. Let me have a skim through. Okay. Um, it is Edgar, Johnny and Edgar Winter. Um, they are actually Alba- albinos. So. Gotcha. Oh, I didn't know that. But I loved that... Well, that actually also almost makes this an offensive line then. I just thought they were playing on the ghoulish look that, you know, old rockers get when they're still touring around. But die, you chalk-faced goons! (laughs) Pretty amazing. (laughs) Surely they had to get the okay from the guys, because that's mean. (laughs) Yeah, if they're genuinely albino, that's very mean. Yeah. I'm not sure whether they played that up and were okay with people making fun of them for that, but anyway. It doesn't seem like something the Simpsons would do without getting permission first. Or, no, I wouldn't you know. have thought. No. But yeah, Homer's, Homer's badass. He's just driving the, the hearse mm. and he's smashing them around and whatnot. Gets inside, arrives home, doorbell rings. That better not be the mutants. <laughs> Who else could it possibly be? <laughs> <laughs> the family are then all still alive because all the extra layers of paint on the house. And that comes out of nowhere, don't you reckon? I, I remember when I first watched this, you don't expect them to be alive at all. No, you don't. Yeah. yeah, you sort of think, but, how is Homer going to get out of this, you know? But it's a perfectly Simpsons explanation that it would be lead paint. Completely, completely agree. Um, the mutants then sort of feel sorry for them and they um, they say, you know, we can sort of live together in a in a society where, you know, was it norms and freaks can all get along? Yeah. And Marge isn't going to have any of that issue. No, and just executes them. Yes. Point blank range with shotguns. And then they all go to steal Ferraris. I mean, because why wouldn't you? Yeah, uh, 100% right. Like, luxury car dealerships is where you go first. You like, wake up. You like wake up. You're the last man alive. Dead. What do you do? Yeah, well, I was going to say, The Walking Dead, they're all driving shitty old trucks and vans. How does no one have a Lamborghini in that universe? Yeah, like, why are all the vehicles all of a sudden worn down? <laughs> like, the couple things that I remember from I Am Legend were Will Smith cruising around New York in a um, Mustang and, like, playing golf off a fighter jet or something yeah. like that from memory. Yeah. Like, that's the sort of stuff that you do. Do cool shit, exactly. But what would you do, though? I'd get really, really good at pool. Like, you find a pool table and you've got 16 hours a day to do nothing. I'd be really good within a few months. Yeah, because there'd be no electricity anymore, so you couldn't play mm. video games. 
Yep. Oh, um, a word without electricity. Fuck. At least, but the thing is, at least you can play golf, like you said. Yeah. Until the grass grows over. Oh, that is true. But you, but you can I'm, get a I'm lot. I'm not mowing you, you, that bitch. You, but, uh, I guess so. You can get a ride on mowing. That'd be fun as shit. Well, actually, yeah, that's true. I can get access to all the machinery. Yeah, and unlimited petrol. I'd like to try to fly a helicopter. Mm, I wouldn't, because I'd probably die. I, I just figure out what's up, what's down to begin with. Be like, all right, let's get this thing like a foot off the ground and see uh, how that goes. Uh, and then you, you, you got to fix something. Uh, we need that to live. <laughs> <laughs> but you can't possibly die from a foot off the ground. That is true. So it'd be like explode, the, but yeah, it'd be like the first time you fly a drone. You just have it in your own backyard. And you're like, all right, this is up. This is a safe distance. Let's let's see what we can do. Left, right, forwards, backwards. Okay, now I've got the hang of this. Twenty thousand feet. <laughs> just straight up. How high can we get this son of a bitch? Yeah. <laughs> all righty, we've been going for you know good three quarters of an hour, and we haven't even hit fly versus fly yet. So shall we continue? <laughs> Yeah, let's do. So in the States, they call this a yard sale. We call it a garage sale. So, you know, like, I just, I just find it odd. I guess because our front yards are, aren't as big as they are in the States, but I couldn't think of having a, a like a garage sale, as we call them, or a garage sale, and putting all the shit on my front lawn. No, but it does kind of make sense because you can see it as you drive by. Hey, just put balloons on the fucking street poles down the road with a couple of arrows. No, but I arrows. mean, you can see the actual objects. <laughs> yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah. So, I'm, I'm not going to get out of my car for many garage sales. But if I was driving by and I saw something, I'd be like, oh, a Gary Larson calendar. <laughs> like, I'd get out and buy that. <laughs> so, it's Frank's yard sale. Well, before um, we get to that. So, okay. Fly versus Fly, obviously, a parody of the movie The Fly, which I believe was made in like the 60s and then it was remade by... Uh, Cronenberg, David Cronenberg, and starred Jeff Goldblum. Um, As the fly. Yeah. Now, that's the only version of the movie that I have seen. It is... Well, it's phenomenal. It's one of the one of the best horror sci-fis ever made, and I will stand by that forever on the strength of... I believe of- it, lived, it lived in the shadow of Aliens, though. I think it was released the same year. Yeah. I mean, Aliens is obviously, again, like when you go sci-fi horror, that that's one of the big ones. Um if not the if not the biggest ever, but The Fly is just phenomenal. It's oh, it's really, fantastic! Really good. But it's still one of those movies that I don't think everyone has seen. No, I don't think so either. It's because it's never on. You have to no. seek it. Like the only reason I watched it was because I kept reading references to it. I was like, okay, I should, you know, I owe it to myself to go see this movie. But if I didn't seek it out, then I would never would have come across it. Invasion of the Body Snatchers is another one, actually. There's mm. some really great movies from the late 70s, 80s that you just never, never see anymore. Maybe because they're not merchandisable. Maybe. But Jeff Goldblum's kind of had a renaissance. Everyone... Oh, yeah, I know. But like, you don't really see the fly action figures where it's just you can have a million different <laughs> alien ones. You know what I mean? Brundlefly comes with his own falling teeth. Oh, I would buy a hot toy, which is like a really, really good action figure of, could be, um, of Jeff Goldblum's The Fly. It'd be amazing. Quarter yeah, scale. you could do a combination of that and um, Operation, where you just get to pull different <laughs> human parts of him <laughs> off. But let's um, let's not spoil the movie for pe- the people no. who haven't seen it, because I guarantee there's listeners out there who haven't seen The Fly. Go yeah, and watch no, it. I won't you'll, do that. You'll appreciate this little segment a lot more as well if yes. you watch The Fly. But basic gist, mad scientist trying to, well, not mad scientist, but he's a scientist trying to invent a matter transporter, goes through with a fly, doesn't come out half man, half fly, a la Bart in this, but the Simpsons don't have an hour and a bit to show the slow transformation. 
No. Um, do you know the original ending for this was that when when Bart goes back through, the fly um, comes out as a giant fly and the family all ride it to the mall or something. I'm glad that didn't happen. Exactly. That would have been ridiculous. Mm. Yeah, so that got cut, thankfully. The uh, ending is so much better here. The mm. bait and switch. But we'll get to it. <laughs> anyway, so we get the... As you said, so at the yard sale, the impossible trident that we were talking about before, mm. uh, the mood pants. How much for the mood pants? Well, how much do you want to pay for them? No, 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 no. Or is it no, how much no, you no. got? It's how much got. Yeah. <laughs> That's just, I love that. It's sort of like sass from Frank. It was great. A little bit. <laughs> um, the it's very, To me, though, it's very Sunday market or Geelong online sales. Oh, actually, story for you, right? So I, I sold my um, my... Pull, like pull down machine on Geelong online sales this week, yep. right? Because I, was, I never use it. I only do push-ups and shit. So I figured it's taking up space in my garage. I'm going to get rid of it. I whacked it up for $70 on Geelong online sales, which is half the price of what most people are trying to sell it for. Mm-hmm. This woman contacts me. She goes, is this still available? I'm like, yes, it is. She goes, can I pick it up tomorrow? I'm like, sure. She goes, about 20 minutes later, actually, would you take 30? And I was like, <laughs> well, no. She goes, all right. 25 delivered I'm like wait so you're lowering the money and then asking me to take it to you <laughs> what the hell is wrong with you I was like this is like Homer Simpson will you take 30 which is less than half of what I was the original asking price okay will you take 25 delivered <laughs> that's uh, Geelong online sales my friend Geelong online sales that's a waste of time Tando that's an absolute <laughs> waste of time but then uh, but then I ended up selling it for $90 this guy's like, ah, this. He goes, mate, this is this is too cheap. Goes, we, what do you want for it? I'll give you a hundred. I'm like, I don't want a hundred. He goes, here, have ninety then. I'm like, all right. So he gave me an extra twenty, and he came and picked it up. It was great. Yeah, nice of him. Yeah, um, legend. But anyway, so um, yeah, I was just saying this. This feels very just like Sunday market trying to yeah. bargain there, because like, Homer. I'll give you Homer Hagley. <laughs> yeah, mm, two bucks, and it only transports matter. I'll give you thirty-five cents. Sold. <laughs> Um, but before that, you get the Floyd. Nice try, Floyd, but you were designed for scrubbing, and scrubbing is what you shall do. It seems that robots in The Simpsons are always um, programmed to have feelings, and you feel sorry for them. They're mm. programmed to feel pain, or they're programmed to feel 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 stuff. When robots shouldn't. No, they shouldn't. But I guess that's a it's a kind of common trope. It's a, com- it's a comedy thing. Well, it's a comedy thing, but they're parroting. Sci-fi, and it so often exists in sci-fi that the robot learns how to feel things. Yeah. The, the moment here where he tries to warn Homer, it's pretty much exactly the same as when the guy tries to warn him about the monkey paw. Yeah. You, yeah, you're absolutely right that he just doesn't want any of it. I said, I'll take it. Then Homer shows the family the machine because, you know, they weren't at the yard sale when he bought it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Actually, um, yeah, that's a good point. I hadn't even <laughs> thought of that. <laughs> Uh, it shows me how you can travel upstairs and he's on fire. What I did think of there, maybe that's why I was sidetracked, is how did he get it up the stairs in the first place? Yeah, it's what I was thinking too, like without them knowing. They, like, he, how did he get it home? <laughs> yeah, yeah. How did the matter transporter get there? How did it get there? I'm done. Shit segment. Next one. <laughs> yeah. He reaches into the fridge, gets the cat ear medicine, then tries to pee. Imagine getting your dick caught in a matter transporter. The oh. the trying to pee, very funny. Homer, no! <laughs> it's just just how how far he was going to go before he gets stopped. Very funny. But that's a, what it is, is a good setup for the gag later on. Kablamo! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Bart asks to use it, and Homer warns Bart, says, nope, you're not going to use it. Uh, later on, obviously, Bart sneaks out. Well, not sneaks out, but wakes up in the middle of the night. 
Okay, Cat, now if this works, your next trip will be to the bank vault. Twice the pet and none of the mess. Oh, oh, you can be Lisa's. Now, do you know this aired six months before the premiere of Cat Dog? I was going to ask about that to no one in particular, but I, I, I saw that and, <laughs> and I went, "Oh my god, Cat Dog!" Like, did and yeah, yeah, did that happen before or after? Well, it depends how long they're in pre-production for, but yeah, yeah. Simpsons did it first once yeah. again. I really feel sorry for the tail dog in Cat. Yeah, but I do like that it's that version of it that you see later, like tucked up on the rug at Homer's feet. Is it really? Yeah. It's when... Uh, oh, when at the end there, yeah. When Bart first comes to try to speak to Marge and she starts trying to shoo him away and the fly Bart chases him out the window. Okay. Well, that, that's a little bit of a... I don't know. It sort of makes up for it a little bit. But yeah, I don't mm. know. Just, I think it's because it looks so excited to see him and then the, the drooping of the tail. She's like, oh... Poor little baby. Anyway, he imagines being a super fly. Hmm. Look, in the sky, it's Superfly! It would be pretty epic being a Superfly, would it not? Uh, in Bart's imagination, yeah. Like, if you could take the yeah, good yeah, bits the and the bad the, bits. Yeah, that one. Yeah. Ho- hopefully not take the lifespan of, like, 48 hours. Yeah, I know, right? It's it's why I kind of feel sorry when I kill flies with fly spray. I'm like, oh, they're gonna be alive for two days, poor bastards, and I'm ending that. <laughs> you know? Yeah, but but that's that's why I don't feel sorry for them because really, it's not like killing a ten year old, which which is at least a slightly worse crime than killing a forty year old or seventy year old. Doesn't it take um? Doesn't it take weeks for them to develop into a fly that lives for two days? Yeah, something like that. But I yeah. like to th- I like Crazy. to think of spray can like fly spray as assisted suicide spray. <laughs> Whatever gets you through the night, Mitch. <laughs> Actually, I so we've discussed this. I let a spider live the other day, right? Like I had uh I found I always a let them live. Hey? I always let spiders live. Yeah, I know. You told me about that and I was horrified. But then I questioned some of my own life choices. So I went to feed the dogs the other day, I found a spider. It I don't think Actually, let me Google white tail spider. It had a little bit of white shit down the end. No, yeah, that's white tail. They can actually poison you. Oh, yeah, no. Okay, so I've just seen a photo of it here, and it was a white tail spider. So I captured it, and I, I was actually pretty clever about the way I did this. I filled, firstly, I filled Indy's water bowl from a jug with water. I thought I'll drown the bastard, and then he kept living. So I was like, <laughs> the <"All> bastard. Right. <laughs> yeah. So I was like, that hasn't worked. So I then went and got a little container and I put that in the Wait, water. you threw it in the water? No, it was already in the bowl. I put water in the bowl that it was in. You fucking monster. Well, it didn't kill it, Dando. The little fuckers are indestructible. Okay, get, get, I know, so continue. I then got a plastic container and I used the I used the flow of the water to suck the spider back into the container and put a lid on there. Um, not much water went into that container. So it was mostly just spider at this point, And I left it sitting on the bench thinking about what I was going to do next. Um, <laughs> it's like, uh, if it was the Simpsons, you see you pacing back and forth as a clock's ticking. <laughs> Ash came home. I was like, don't touch the container. Spider's in it. <laughs> I got the fucker. <laughs> but anyway, so... How big was this spider, by the way? How big is uh, it? Oh, uh, well, I don't know. Like, what's, um... 
So a body, I'm just looking at a white tail spider. Body size is up to 18 mil and a leg span of 28 mil. It would have been fully grown. Like it was, it was a decent, maybe the size of my thumb. Like not not tip to tail, but knuckle to the end of my thumb. Okay. So it's an adult white tail spider. Yep. Spider bites, Ministry of Health. What to do if you find a white tail spider? Burn the neighborhood down. No. So oh. I, anyway, so yeah. I think I think about this and I'm like, no, nah, I've already got him. I'm not going to kill him. I um. Put him. I went out the front yard. I walked to my nature strip. I popped him down on the nature strip in the grass and went, "There you go, buddy. Have yourself a second chance of life. You have no idea how close you came." My theory is that if you try to kill it and they survive, they deserve a second chance. Yeah. Okay. Two days later, same spider, bedroom wall. Really? Yeah. And it did not get a third. Right. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. I looked over and went, motherfucker, like, what have you done to me? I, I, I trusted you. I, I sent you on your way. I banished you from the kingdom, and yet you return. Uh, so, this time around... Would John Lithgow have killed Harry if he had have returned? No. Yeah, it's Whitetail Spider is not as lovable as Harry. So, this time around, he went into a container with a plastic... Oh, like, you know, like it was a container on the wall, slid a bit of paper on there, took him into the kitchen, and then just doused in fly spray like opened the container lid a crack and then just and then closed it and it was like um you know at the start of the rock when one of those green balls crashes against the wall and the guy is like up against the glass just kind of bashing against it trying to get out that's i i don't think i can continue this podcast i'm done (laughs) they're a poisonous spider it would have killed me it was me or him but it, it wasn't even going for you it was, it was in just my trying bedroom. To get away from the, it was trying to get away from the heat. Trying to, no, it wasn't hot the other day. And it was trying in my bedroom. Trying to get away from the cool. <laughs> in my bedroom, lying in wait. Uh, oh, here we go. Spidey. He, here's, poor Spidey. Here's from Australian Geographic, the truth about whitetail spiders. Whitetail spiders have gained a frightening reputation since the 1980s, much of it undeserved. We've answered your questions about these misunderstood and maligned arachnids. You know what? This is written by the same PR people that are trying to tell me that great white sharks aren't dangerous. Great white sharks are dangerous if you go into their fucking territory and pretend to be a seal. Yes. Yeah. Well, when the spider <laughs> if, comes... If a, creature, if a creature designed itself as a fucking cheeseburger and jumped on your plate, would you eat it? Uh, yes, I would. But exactly. when a spider <laughs> comes into my territory, then I'm fucking dangerous. <laughs> so, <laughs> I'll I was, give you that. I'll I give was you the that. great but, white in that situation. Could you not have just squashed it? Not against the white wall. No. And I was barefoot. No, you put it on the f- but see, I, I, Nicola will stand on a spider. I can't do it. I just can't. It's like there's a magnet forcing my foot from going down. I just can't do it. <laughs> You think it's a magnet, but it's actually the spider gets on his back and it's just all eight legs. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, just, just bench pressing. Yeah. <laughs> and do this ordinary bit, that would, dude. That would be a really good uh, a good skit. Mm. <laughs> anyway, uh, so Bart, back to this. Bart has forgotten the Kablamo talk. It goes in to the transporter with a fly. Uh, I liked that Homer. I like his, have you forgotten our Kablamo talk? Yes. Basically, it's all gone to shit for Bart, hasn't it? <laughs> yeah. So, Bart comes out just as a little fly gets sort of shooed out of there, crashes into the window a couple of times before going. And nice, then... nice little touch doing that. Because a fly yeah. cannot just go straight out the door. Yeah. It but... has to hit the window first. Yeah, exactly. That was pretty cool. And then, what are we calling the other one? Bart fly comes out 
scares the family at first, but then they very quickly decide to just try to, you know, love him as if he's our own. Now, my favourite part of this entire segment was the next bit. So, Letty says, don't go there, sister. Like, the um, laugh, good one, Dad. Yes. Yeah, well, Le- Lenny said it. Lenny said <laughs> I just, it. I really <laughs> love that. I've got here my notes. I hope Mitch hears that little bit. Oh, yeah. That was such brilliant acting. Well, Lenny said Yeah, I, I feel like it was something that would have been improv you know? I hope Just so. them in the studio just bantering. Yeah. yeah. Dave's, uh, not Dave, uh, Dan's really good at that kind of stuff. It just, yeah. It just, yeah, like you said, it felt real. Yeah. And, so, and it's not very often that, like the Simpsons, they do feel real, but they don't feel this type of real. It's not mm. very often you get conversations like this, which is why it stands out so much. Uh, yes. Yeah. It where just the, where felt the banter like... doesn't sound scripted. Yeah, exactly. It just felt home, like homely and, and yeah, just natural. Yeah. The fly wants more food. The way he bangs on the table here reminded me of like Elliot. Elliot is a pig. If you stop, once Elliot has finished his food, he just starts crying because he wants more. Mm. Babies, man. So, so you've sold the pull down machine, but don't sell the treadmill. Trust me, he's not far off. He's actually walking around now with his pusher. <laughs> it's it's crazy. It's scary. He, he'll he'll be walking soon. It's insane. Anyway, uh, Lisa questions where where Bart's head go, and then it cuts to Bart in the web. Yeah, it, it's it's great. You think Bart's actually doomed? Yeah, you the, do. And then just uh, the fact that he slaps him around, <laughs> like just the gives sound the effect. spider a couple in the face. It's not just one. It's pew, 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 pew. <laughs> <laughs> and the spider just shaking his shaking his legs. Oh my god, it's great. That's that's a really underrated visual. I'm telling you, that's a moment that doesn't get enough appreciation. Uh, yeah, very true. Homer then tries to steal the fly Bart sugar. And the sound. <laughs> like, how do you act as a fly? How do you do the sound? Like, where, where do you get the the inspiration? <laughs> yeah, good, good question. <laughs> um, it, it's it's just creature sound, I guess you could say. Yeah, yeah. I guess you'd look at you'd look at the design. Like, I feel like the design matches up well to the voice. Yeah, or that's to the true. Vocalization. Yep. Um, Bart tries to ask for help. He's flown in, but they they can't hear him. To them, he's just a fly. Yeah, um, being annoying. The fly Bart notices it and tries to kill him immediately. I like that the fly is like somewhat intelligent now. Yeah, he's gotten on to the fact that no, I've got it pretty sweet here. Yeah, yeah. I don't need this guy coming in fucking my life up. As much sugar as I want. Yeah, he tries to kill him, locks him outside. Homer, that's it, boy. Squish that fly. <laughs> <laughs> Smush him up good. Homer then kisses him like kissing a peanut, but uh, it's like it's like mucus, isn't it? It's disgusting. Yeah, it'd be pretty gross. I, I wouldn't want to fly anywhere near my lips. Then it's a pretty cool visual here of Bart flying into the light. Elisa, that's very clever. Obviously, she can't hear him, but she can at least see him. She tells him to go into the um, into the saxophone, and he warns Lisa. Bart, is that you? I can't hear you. Wait, fly into my saxophone. Tell me, Lisa. The giant fly stole my body and now he's trying to kill me! Oh no! And I let him use my toothbrush! Well, that hideous creep doesn't scare me! It's it's a great reveal here of the fly being on the roof. It's quite scary. Yeah. And, and that is one that's almost a direct callback to the Jeff Goblin yep. version of the movie as well. It's probably the most mm, yeah, yeah. most direct visual reference to the film. Lisa tries to warn the parents nobody likes a tattletale. 
Fly is then choking Lisa, generally going to kill her. The actual Bart, who's a fly, sees him. Um, the fly eats Bart, and Lisa then opens the microwave, smashes him back into the machine. It is kind of a good question as to what happens to the fly. I, I, I asked myself that. I'm like, okay, so Bart's gone back to normal. Where's the fly? They didn't, they didn't at least show the fly flying yet, but that's because of the deleted the delete scene, I guess you could say. Mm. But then this ending is pretty much as good as The Simpsons gets, is it not? For a bait and switch, the music cue, everything. You, you think Homer's going to smash at the machine. I'll teach you to mess with my machine. Yeah. <laughs> it's just, it's perfect. Yeah. Uh, now, the only thing that I did think about this, the logic within this segment falls down because if... If that if it worked that they could split the DNA just because Bart had been swallowed by the fly, then technically Homer should have merged with everything that he had eaten. I thought the same thing as well. I was going to. Yeah. I was actually going to bring that up. Yeah. Why? Like he, why isn't Homer merged with what he's just eaten? Yeah. Yeah. But Homer never actually. I know he did walk through it. He went upstairs. Yeah. Yeah, he went through it a few times. Yeah. 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 Trios of horror, mate. Anyway. Yeah. But that that was a. It's a small foil. We're asking this question in, in a trios of horror segment. I know, but it is what it is. The questions that need to be asked. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, final segment, it's Easy Bake Coven. Like I said at the start, this was... I Actually, if I'm going to be honest, I think this is where I would usually turn this episode off or, well, or flick the channel. You I know, never liked this one as a kid. I didn't like it You know, like the at all. interesting thing for me, I barely... Like, I remembered it roughly before we started watching this episode. And then I watched it, and I enjoyed the segment fine. It made me laugh a few times. But even now, 24 hours afterwards, I don't remember much. And that was with the benefit of having taken notes. Like, it just feels... I don't know. It just it just kind of drifts away a little bit. I, I feel like, overall, it probably should have been the second segment instead of the third. Like It's a weak know, ending, isn't it? I don't a, like yeah. the... Um... I don't. I don't like how they added the. And this is how the first Halloween happened. It's like, ugh, didn't need that. I know, no, just, just just sort of cheapened it, in my opinion. But ah, oh, it's mm. just. I guess it's just a slight nitpick. But yeah, it's not the. Sh- it's not the one you should have ended with. No, I, d- I just but, don't think but, it's strong enough to end on it. And it's but, not. But which one would you end with, though? You can't uh, start with it. The fly it has to be the middle one. Yeah. Yeah, this has got to be the middle, and I move fly versus fly to the end. Um. Because like actually, the, the fly would have been the fly would have been a better ending. For, even the way it ends, cut to credits, yeah. would have been way better. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and the only other like I feel like with the Treehouse of Horror, you either want to end with you start with your strongest, have something decent in the middle, end with your second strongest, unless you are going to do a Edgar Allan Poe style artistic statement and end on something creative if you want to, or end on something that's a little bit different. But this kind of doesn't do either of those. It's just. Mm. Yeah, like there are, as I said, there are still things that are funny in this. So it starts in the witch trials and they're all sort of being burned at the stake. Um, burned at the stake or hanged? One of the two. Uh, burned at the stake, yeah. Burned at the stake, yeah. Um, if they're really witches, why don't they use their powers to fly? Uh, sounds like witch talk. Like yes. that kind of heightened paranoia is, uh, it, it's always fun to pl- see that be played around with in comedy, I think. Skinner not even bothered. So long, mother. <laughs> yeah. Um. <laughs> 75 witches that they've processed. Yeah, Ned and Reverend, they're just essentially bragging about how many people they've killed this week. Yeah. With no, with no proof that they're actually witches. No. And then they're just trying to look for someone else. So, goody Flanders, goody bad wife. We killed her on Sunday. <laughs> but, but and Homer here, trying to like throw Lisa under the bus. Terrible family. Yeah. Yeah, they do. And yeah, they are. <laughs> I like... Uh, the, 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 this is great though. When we had the, the, when, at the town meeting, this is... Possibly my favorite moment in the whole segment. 
besides the Flanders jab at, at Maud, Marge tells everyone, let's come to our senses, people. It's, it's ridiculous. She's the witch. Yeah. <laughs> your laundry is much away. wider. Your laundry is much wider than mine. Oh, I've heard enough. Burn her. <laughs> That's so good. Mo, she's the witch. <laughs> I was going to tell, I was going to say it was her. <laughs> they say she's entitled to the, to due process or whatever. Um, She's going to get pushed off the cliff. If she's innocent, she'll fall to an honorable Christian death. If she's a witch, she'll fly and return back so they can burn her at a stake. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's actually, you've got to feel sorry for her family because at this point, her family thinks she's genuinely just a, a norm, you know. And they're just going to have to witness their mother be pushed off the cliff. Yeah, exactly. Like, surely this kind of shit didn't actually happen, right? I to this wouldn't extent. be surprised. It's crazy, man. Salem Witch Trials. You keep describing the episode. I'll try to find some facts. Okay. So, they're, they're trying to just sort of say to Marge, you know, look, we're sorry we have to do this, but it's, it's just a process we have to go through. You know, if you do die, at least it'll be honorable. Like, okay, well, you fucking jump off the cliff then. You know what I mean? Um, mm. And the good thing too here is that you don't, as a viewer, watching it for the first time, you don't think Marge is the witch. I'm sure they spoiled it in the trailer, but you don't think Marge is the witch. Well, I didn't anyway when I first watched it. I don't, they they wouldn't necessarily have spoiled it. In the oh, trailer. they I reckon they would have. You've I got it, but you've you've got enough to cut a trailer with your other two segments. You don't need to give this away. Mm, yeah, that's a good point. But I feel like in the trailer they would have had the, the the clip of her hair bursting open and then Homer screaming, "It's in my hair! It's in my hair!" I feel like that's trailer worthy. Yeah, but I don't think they would have. If it was but, me, I wouldn't have done that until the reruns. Um, oh yeah, they, they didn't yeah. need to, of course not. Yeah. No, but I feel like that's something they would have done. But yeah, maybe. Um, um, Salem, the, Salem witch trials uh, in Colonial Massachusetts between Feb 1692 and May 1693. More than 200 people were accused of witchcraft, 19 of whom were found guilty. So that in itself is insane. 19 people were found guilty of a thing that doesn't exist. Executed by hanging 14 women and 5 men. One man was crushed to death for refusing to enter a plea. That's insane. What about crushed? How, how was he crushed to death, though? I don't know. Um, I don't want to know. There's a hyperlink on Wikipedia on crushed to death. Don't uh, that. Okay, <laughs> it's a method of execution that has a history during which the techniques were varied greatly from place to place, generally involving the placement of intense weight upon a person with the intent to kill. It then goes on to add that this form of execution is no longer sanctioned by any governing body. Oh my God! There's an artist rendition of an elephant being used to crush a man to death. His head's been put on a block and the elephant has just gone plop. Uh, it is called La Tour de Monde. What? Yeah. As in, sorry, the painting is called La Tour de Monde. Or, uh, or the book might have... Sorry, I think the book may have been called La Tour de Monde and that's an excerpt from the book. Anyway. That's fucked up. That was a common method of death throughout South and Southeast Asia for over 4,000 years. That is incredible. So, so Kate Fear was an homage to that, yeah? Yeah, yeah that's exactly what it was. Uh, um, I did find here, it felt a bit repetitive when Lisa brings up the whole judge not lest you be judged. A little bit, yeah. She's used that numerous times in the series before. Um, mm. I think the last time she used it might have been Bart's girlfriend when they were accusing Bart in the church. But anyway. Yeah, I think that's right. The Bible says a lot of things. Shover! Uh. <laughs> <laughs> Sisters, we have performed the Lord's work and sent a good woman into his waiting. <laughs> okay, now, let's not jump to conclusions, everyone. Well, I'll be a son of a witch. That's right. I'm a witch. And I'm the one who withered your livestock 
Sourdough sheep's milk and made your shirts itchy. Hey, you destroyed my turnip crop. No, that was gophers. Impossible. We, we burned all the gophers. Not all of them. Ow, 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 ow. And this is for pushing me off the cliff. Whoa, whoa, whoa. All right, people, nothing to see here. The show's over, right? Move along. As for the rest of you... I like that it's Marge that's the witch here because, like I said, she doesn't many, get many moments where she gets to be the badass or the villain, I guess you could mm. say. And she's a villain for the whole for the whole segment. She doesn't actually turn good at all. Like the fact that she doesn't eat kids doesn't make her a good person. She just finds an alternative that tastes better. Like she was going to eat children. Um. Yeah. We get but the old, oh, good actually, on her. Actually, good on her for finding her wild side. I remember. They do reveal that she's a witch in the ad because I can remember on the trailer, or not, I say trailer, on the commercial, they use Bart's clip of, well, I'll be a son of a witch. I remember them using that. Yeah, but again, do you, you, I defy you to remember that from when you were nine or eight or ten or however old you were. The, the reason I feel like I remember it is because when I taped these as new episodes, that I used to leave the ads in. I'd tape the Simpsons ads and because I watched those mm. tapes so many times, maybe it was a rerun, I don't know. Yeah. Um, but it was definitely used in one commercial. I don't know. I feel like it would have been good at some point during this segment for Marge and the family to reunite at some point. Mm. Don't you reckon? Like, it's once she reveals she's a witch, that's it. They never see their mother again. I feel like it would have been cool to see how they would have responded to having their mum as a witch. Lisa would have been accepting, Bart would have found it cool. Yeah. And Homer would have, I don't know, maybe you could have the, 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 the joke that she has new techniques or something because she's a witch or she can, you know, I think Homer would have provide been, things for him. Yeah, he would have been like kind of terrified, but trying to be accepting. Yeah, that could have been a cool scene, but, you know, she just goes and she flies up to her, what was her, what's her lair called? Just like the cave up on the top there. Yeah. Patty and Selma. I thought the delivery here was really flat. If I knew you were coming, I would have baked a cat. The way Julie read that just sounded really, she didn't give it much. Like, I was trying to figure out if it was an insult or a greeting. Yeah, I, 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 it just wasn't, it's like she didn't understand whether it was a joke or not. It just felt mm. weird the way it was delivered. Speaking of Julie... Mate, her voice is so ruined. I watched a new episode recently. They need to stop making her do the show. <laughs> she needs to stop accepting to do the show because she sounds sick. It's distracting. It's that bad now. Uh, that's no good. Like really, w- watch a new episode. It's distracting. She just does not sound like Marge. She sounds like somebody who has a throat infection. It's not right. good. Maybe she yeah. could start playing Lunch Lady Doris. She could. Yeah, she very well could. It's just, yeah, it's it's... it's Kind of sad when you hear it. But anyway, back to this one. So they're all happy that she's left Homer. Um, Flanders is then watching. Oh, Nettie, look at them up there plotting our doom. They could force us to commit wanton acts of carnality. <laughs> yeah, that'll be the day. What's that, Ned? Uh, we shouldn't fear the witches, Maud. We're both 35. We've already gone way past our life expectancy. It's the very often uh, Flanders gets little jabs in a Maud. Um, it, it was. Uh, and it's also not very often that Flanders would acknowledge the idea of sex for pleasure. Yes, yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah. Then they're worried they're going to eat the children and they're watching from the cauldron and they're just going to swipe their shoes. They arrive at the Flanders. I, 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 I don't know, because I'm a dad now, I watch this and I'm like, I, I feel, it makes me feel worse. I'm like, oh, the, the kids are getting taken away from them. But really, Flanders is doing nothing to stop them. But I guess, how can you stop a witch? Like, they're just witnessing their kids being taken away and there's nothing they can do about it. Mm. Paddy, Summer and Marge here are very evil. Particularly proper, powerful witches as well that can turn you into a gopher. Yeah, like, like I mean, just 
there's not enough. I guess this segment doesn't have enough humor. I don't know. There's there's not enough to it. It just feels like a it feels like a Treehouse of Horror story that's not quite finished properly. I don't yeah. know. There's just something about it that doesn't quite. It it just it doesn't quite feel worthy of being with the Fly vs. Fly and the Omega Man. But anyway, mm. um, so they they put the kids in the sacks and they go to eat them. <laughs> Flanders here, more do something. <laughs> Because <laughs> Flanders can't. They offer the gingerbread kids. Flanders points out that they're boneless. And that's how trick-or-treating was started, according to the sea captain, isn't it, yep. Rich? Yes. And that wraps up the episode. Uh, in Like I said, it's just a nah, it's just a weak ending. Especially the she's a witch and runs off. It's, it, it is very... Oh. It's not lame. It's just weak. Yeah. It's yeah. Just, like if, if you put Home Mega Man in particular, almost fly versus fly in some of the better Treehouse of Horrors that hold their own, whereas this one just lets it fall a little bit flat. It's one of those ones where you think, if you, if you go, oh, it's a Treehouse of Horror with this one, you don't think it's a good Treehouse of Horror because of that. Mm. that, that's, that was my That was always my thinking. What do you think would have been a good Treehouse of Horror segment to go with the other two? What do you think would make it a classic? Do you reckon maybe like The Thing and I or something? Yes, if The Thing and I was tacked on at the end there, absolutely. Although that'd be a little bit too similar perhaps to... Uh, not too similar, but I was wondering Thing and I versus Fly versus Fly. Yeah, it's what the Jesus, that was a weird sentence to say out loud. Yeah. <laughs> um, but more of the point of like the conjoining and two becoming one, that sort of thing. It's yeah, a yeah. little bit too similar of a theme. Um, Nightmare Cafeteria, I think it'd be... Even Time and Punishment would be better. <laughs> yeah, but, Time and Punishment. But on, honestly, I think you can just, we can name just about any Trials of Horror segment from season three versus through to seven and be better than Easy Bait Coven. It's not bad. It's just the other ones are just so good that it makes this one look even worse, I guess you could say. Yeah. But anyway, so a Trials of Horror 8, don't let Easy Bait Coven scare you away. Um, Fly vs. Fly and the Omega Man are very, very good. Not quite as good as previous Trials of Horrors as a whole, I don't think, because we, we often say that we like to consider Trials of Horrors as a collective. Mm. And Easy Bait Coven really brings this one down, especially since it's at the end. But all in all, I think this is the last the last Trials of Horror that feels like a proper Trials of Horror. Because after this one, like I said at the start, The Simpsons wasn't shocking anymore. People were starting to tune out of the show. Um, because the next Trials of Horror is the one that has the Jerry Springer ripoff. Have you seen that one? Oh, yeah. Where Kodos, is that the one where, where Maggie's actually an alien. Does that end with Marge putting her head in her hand saying, I'm so fucking embarrassed? That one, yeah. Yeah, I think I have. Um, it's got the it's got Bart and Lisa going into the itchy and scratchy cartoon and the first one's where Homer's toupee, he's got a snake's hair mm-hmm. and he becomes evil because of the hair that he's got in his head. So that's the next Trials of Horror. They just don't quite feel the same as they do here. So this is really the last, I don't know, uh, what's the word I'm trying to go for here? Not, not original Trials of Horror, but it's, it's the last, not, I hate using the term golden era, so I'm not going to say that. It's the last of its kind? I guess you could say that. Yeah, it's just it does when it when it comes on. Anything after this doesn't feel homely. Doesn't feel like I'm watching old school Simpsons anymore after this one. Yeah. What did we learn, Palmer? So what did you learn from the episode, Mitch? Oh, uh, I learned that caramel cod is a delicious little snack. Yes, it is. I learned you do not want to piss off the French. <laughs> yeah, no, that's true. I also learned that you can fucking somehow get 90 minutes out of an episode that we didn't think we can get 30 out of. <laughs> yeah, without having done a mailbag segment yet, which is frightening. Holy shit, are we going to do a mailbag? <laughs> um, well, we have to do at least one. Uh, I think Let's one was... Uh, I think one, who was we it? Wait, 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 we can't open the mailbag without the mailbag intro. Hang on. Okay. Jamail! Jamail is here! Ooh! And commence. Thank you very much. Brandon Twishell with a relevant question from a $5 patron for the Treehouse of Horror episode. Perfect. 
Hi, Mitch and Dando. Thanks for the great podcast over the years. The other day I was bored and got on Creepy Pasta and found my way onto the Lost Episode section and read an entry about a Lost Episode of Simpsons called Dead Butt. No, it's not real. No, yes. He goes on to say it's not real. Yeah. Uh, his question, though, has there ever been a moment during an episode of The Simpsons that genuinely creeped you out? For him, there is one that in the deleted scene of Her Mega Man, Krusty's skin gets blown off by the atomic blast. Thanks, Brandon. Oh, shit. I didn't see that. I, I didn't watch the DVD. I probably should have done that. Okay. It creeped me out. There has been moments. Let me try and think off the top of my head. When I was a kid, the clown... Did it really? The clown scared you. Well, not scared you, but creeped you out. Okay. If you should die before you wake. When, when I was very little, that was enough. Yep, yep, yep. What about Bad Dream House? Die, die, everybody die. Well, Bad Dream House was one of the ones that made me not watch Simpsons anymore because I was banned. So I wouldn't say I found that <laughs> creepy, but it, it creeped your mum out. It put me into a trance. <laughs> <laughs> it had a had an impact on me that resulted in six years without The Simpsons. Um, I guess other kids found me creepy because I didn't watch The Simpsons when everyone else was watching them. I'm that yep. creepy kid that you know, hey, it's that kid whose mum won't let him watch The Simpsons. I'm like Eddie Murphy when he has a home burger. Yeah, where do you get the green pepper hamburger from? Yeah. <laughs> My mother won't let me watch it. <laughs> Actually, you know what? You know what used to creep me out was when the, the skin got peeled off at the end of Treehouse of Horror 5. When the fog oh, came on, the, the fog turned that turned out. inside out. Yeah, okay. Yeah, gotcha. that used to gross me out. Yeah. Yep. Nice. Good answer. Uh, shall we have maybe one more? Let's, yeah, let's, let's do try it. to find something else. I flagged a bunch. You flagged them? Mm-hmm. Whilst Mitch is trying to find the final question of today's mailbag, I just want to let you guys know that there is less than 30 tickets remaining for our trivia that is happening March 20th at the Spotted Mallard in Melbourne. It's going yeah. to be a fantastic event. We're doing a live and podcast, kicking off at 6.30 with uh, Briggs. Yes. And then we're going to be doing uh, a little, like, like an hour of just hanging out, having a drink, having a fee with a Simpsons-themed menu with live Simpsons sing-alongs with Bodes. That's going to be fantastic as well. Just setting the mood for the trivia. And then at eight, the trivia kicks off, and it's going to be just one hell of an evening. Got plenty of Simpsons themed prizes. It's it's just going to be so much fun. So, like I said, less than thirty tickets remaining. You can head to Mosh Ticks and just search Four Finger Discount, or just go to our Facebook page, and it's the pinned post to the top, the link to the tickets. Yeah, uh, I should. We should point out that that thirty to go is after the original allocation was actually extended by about forty. So. Um, yeah, yeah. So they said yeah. you'd get 160 and the tickets started selling so well, they go, do you think you guys could sell more than 160? And I thought, well, if they're selling this fast, I guess we can try. Well, um, why not? Yeah, so I they, can um, buy a few more. Yeah. <laughs> so they bumped it to uh, to 200. So now we've got, um, yeah, so we've sold the 160 and then some. It's going to be it's gonna be a sellout, I reckon, for sure. It's going to be just so much fun. I, I really cannot wait. Yeah. Uh, the thing I'm looking forward to the most is just meeting some of you listeners, just getting the chance to say, hey, and... Thank you for all the years of listening to the show. Exactly right. Like, it is really cool to see people and go, ah, oh, they're, they're real. They're out there. It's not just numbers on a computer. Yeah. And that'll about do it for the mailbag. Um, I I have been scrolling through, like, those best jokes of the Edinburgh Festival for a little while, just trying to come up with something to end this. Cause, yeah. Didn't you say you flagged some emails? Yeah, but it's been going, like, it's 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 very, oh, sorry, yeah, no, that's right, I hadn't read that out. Here we go. It's very late, Dando, um, and very <laughs> hot. Anna Trengove ride, wrote in with a Simpsons quote in real life, which I really enjoyed. So, there's not a lot to come off the back of this, other than the fact that this happened. She was in at, a, at an art exhibition uh, earlier this week and was looking at a sculpture. There was a man that he didn't know, she didn't realize that was already, sorry, a man she didn't know was already observing it. After a moment... Uh, had passed, our eyes met. So I asked him, what do you think? Ugh, it's horribly juvenile. To which I replied, 
the kids can call it hoju. <laughs> That's pretty good. She says the dude didn't laugh, but it got some chuckles from some bystanders. <laughs> That's better. I like that. Yeah. It's like, hey, hey, this guy gets it. Yeah. You don't <laughs> want the the snobby, horribly juvenile. Now, I've done that voice myself, but I assume that's how he said it. I, I quite often make Simpsons references. Cause I, I, at work, I barely talk to anybody. I'm just there just doing my job. But I, I over-listen to, um, overhear conversations that happen in the office. And I'll occasionally make Simpsons references here and there. And there's one guy that gets them. And that's all that matters. <laughs> <laughs> he just I, I, I hear him laugh on the other side of the room. I'm like, yeah, he heard. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, alrighty, well, thanks for listening to our review of Treehouse of Horror 8. It's been a laugh. I'm hot, I'm sweaty, but it's been fun. We should tell people that it was 38 degrees today, and that's not just, uh, you know, it's not just how you get. It's 38 degrees tomorrow as well. And then 37 on Saturday or something. Not good. In for not a good hot at all. few next, days. Next week, we're going to be reviewing an episode that was actually banned in the UK for a period of time. It's called The Cartridge Family, where Homer gets the gun. Ah, I haven't watched that for a long time. That'll be interesting. Mm. Yeah, it's written by John Swatswalder. Uh, I'll, so, I'll end on a joke this week. Your joke or you've stolen it from no, one of the papers? No, well, this is from from neither. This is from Mary Burke, comedian. Uh, okay. This is from a website or an article on The Independent where they were doing those like 100 best jokes of the comedy festival. Many of them really, really suck. Not saying that the comedians suck, but the co- they just take quotes out of context and they suck. But I like this one because it's a good flip on the kind of classic gender joke that normally it would be a man making a style of joke like this. My husband's penis, penis is like a semicolon. I can't remember what it's for and I never use it anyway. Uh, um, married life. One other one that I liked that was a bit more nerdy, but anyone that has done any sort of work with photos or paid attention to photo files will like this. Uh, some friends of mine just had a girl. They called it Tiff. If it was a boy, it was going to be called JPEG. I like it. Yeah. Yeah, that's very funny. <laughs> Alrighty. Are they going to be your final words or have you got some final words? For the no, that's my final words. That's all I got. Come on, I want I want, I want a Mitch Grinter original. Come on, end the show with a Mitch Grinter original. Uh, dude, it's like 10 past 2. I'm tired. I'm sleepy. I don't... <gasps> Thanks for listening, guys. <laughs> No, that's such a sh- that's such a disappointing way to end it. <laughs> yeah, I knew that would make you want to say something then. Why? Why would you do this to me? <laughs> <laughs>